Well, it's now fall, and the only thing that's really falling is our confidence level in our leaders. Next on Principles and Policies. Welcome to today's edition of Principles and Policies. I'm your host, Barry Sheets, the Executive Director of the Institute for Principles Policy. And along with me today is our co-host, the Vice Chairman of the Institute, my fellow analyst and very good friend, Chuck Michaelis. Yeah, it's good to be back with you here in the studio. You're right, it is fall. And you know what? It was fall last week, and we forgot to bring it up because we usually arm wrestle about the whole 21st, 22nd, 23rd thing. I'm still on the 23rd. I don't care what anybody says. Well, it, ha- it all has to do with when the sun crosses the equator. The only date I really look for in fall is that last Saturday in September, because that's when deer season that's when starts deer season for me. Starts. <laughs> Those important dates, you know, we, we, my wife and I were just talking about Thanksgiving. Right, because it's uh, why, right around the corner. Why? Well, things have changed. We normally used to go over to my brother's house. He has a great. He had a great big giant house. <laughs> we could get forty or fifty people in there, no problem. We we routinely had twenty people at Thanksgiving. We can't do that in our little house. <laughs> I guess if we could, if we spread them around this building that we're in in my office and the basement and the upstairs, which we've talked about doing. But my daughter has just moved to Virginia Beach, Virginia, because her husband is in the Coast Guard. And he's be just become a Coast Guard. He just graduated from boot camp and was assigned immediately to a Coast Guard cutter that's stationed in Virginia Beach. So we got a call that said, Mom and Dad, we thought you might want to come down here for Thanksgiving. And I go that's possibility chuck it all and and tell everybody to have fun at thanksgiving and go down there but she called me today i know this is going to segue into something we're eventually going to talk about she called me today and pray for us because this brand new coast guard member is not going to get a paycheck if the government shuts down from the time it shuts down until it restarts jenny was under the impression that everyone else is, as that means those guys get to work for free. And I'm like, no, they don't. They get a lump payment after the budget process has been completed. Everybody who's a federal employee does not work for free. They work on a basically a delayed payment program, and they, and they get a lump sum when it's all over. Is it tough while it's happening? Yeah, I've had to go without a paycheck before. So when you hear all the boo-hoo stories on the news... Oh, so-and-so isn't going to get paid. They're going to miss this payment. They're going to lose their house. First of all, you that's not going to happen. Unless you're already so close to losing your house because you have skipped payments in the past. But no, they'll they'll get all their money. So don't buy the boohoo stories. Uh, I can still remember one that happened in the 90s. 92, 93, there was a government shutdown. And uh, the boohoo story, because I had a boss who insisted upon listening to NPR. What was the boohoo story? A hot dog vendor in Yellowstone Park <laughs> was gonna. He nobody would be allowed in the park, and therefore he wouldn't be selling any hot dogs. And I said, I know, I understand trickle down theory, but guess what, bud? He can if move you, that hot dog. Stand. They can move your hot dog stand. And the fact is, if you were relying on the government for a paycheck, then you've hitched your wagon to a falling star. Yeah, I would. I would have um, said. I would have said a stone going over the cliff. But yeah, close I, enough. I mean, I think about other things to do, and every time I find out that there's a maybe a government contract involved, I don't want to play. Yeah, I get that because government contracts mean government control. Yes, they, they do. suddenly come in and say, "Gosh, you have to take a shot to keep doing this." Oh well, we're going to be talking about that too. 
I, that's why more, I, that's there's more of that I, coming as well. That's so. kind of why I brought that up. I figured as much. But, but the fact is that is the government probably going to shut down? Yes. What's going to happen with that? Well, the Republicans will do what the Republicans always do when they have the upper hand. And I, I don't see how they have Capit- the upper hand. Capitulate within They'll, 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. Yes. They're, they're going to have surrender. Uh, remember in the days, in the early days of the Iraq War, uh, uh, cheese-eating surrender monkeys. They're calling, that, calling the French the cheese-eating surrender monkeys because they basically wouldn't let us use... <laughs> air bases to bomb things but the republicans have a way of turning an advantage into a defeat snatching defeat from the jaws of victory all the time and the fact is all they have to do is wait it out i don't know how they've gotten to the point in the senate they've had to have a couple of defects over from the democratic side to make this work because the vote went uh 48 52 right which means that at least two Democrats had to cross cross actually, aisle. Was, actually, I just looked it up. It's forty-eight fifty. So, oh, there there are two either no shows or outs or, or presence or presence. As Barack Obama learned early on, how how do you uh, make your bones? You basically vote present. That's a true. lot. He a voted lot. present a lot, yes, which he did. means he didn't take a stand on controversial issues. Why? He did not want to reveal his true ideology. Well, of course not. Yeah, the and the vote today that happened yesterday was on invoking cloture on the, the trillions right. of dollars in the infrastructure bill, which is basically pork to the left's funding stream. And they basically they couldn't pull the number of votes because they you know you're right because it's a fifty fifty in the U.S. Senate right. right now, but the vote was forty eight to fifty. So obviously you had either a couple people didn't show, a couple people voted present, or you had people didn't show and somebody switched over and voted against it from the Democrat side. Now three guesses as to probably who the two most likely Democrats who may have voted against it would be... Your neighbor, Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin over in West Virginia. And I'm trying to remember the other one. Kirsten Cinema from Arizona, Arizona, who have become the two leading voices against the filibuster, against massive spending increases. It's almost like those two actually remember what the Democratic Party used to be. Yeah. Which wasn't the party of, let's spend all the taxpayers' money on stuff we want, it was the we're going to be more fiscally responsible. Again, you know, if you look back at our history, and I know you're a great history buff, there was a massive inversion between That's the right. two political parties, the main political parties in the United States, somewhere in the 1950s or so, maybe going into the 1960s. Oh, no. Well, it was actually going well before well that. before that. 1912. 19, okay, the 19th. This is that we talked about this election last week as well. That's true. We did. Uh, the election of 1912. It was the basically Theodore Roosevelt and William Howard Taft arguing and, and almost getting in a wrestling match, which would have been interesting to say the least, over who was the most progressive. And by progressive, I mean socialist. And in the fray was Eugene V. Debs, who was literally. A socialist. Yes, that he was. was. His, the party he ran under was the Socialist Party of America. And then you had Woodrow Wilson, who, believe it or not, was the conservative in the race. He was, he called himself a Cleveland Democrat. A Cleveland Democrat was a free enterprise, low-tax, small-government Democrat. And if you don't think that those existed, those existed right up until about 1912. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a little after. 
But where did they switch spots? After World War One, when suddenly we find out that Woodrow Wilson was seriously uh, more than willing to step in and take over key industries, coal production, steel production, those kinds of things, he was willing to step in and take control to supposedly speed up the production and, make, and ensure the production of war material. Mm-hmm. And then uh, after Woodrow Wilson came Warren G. Harding. Do you remember what his campaign phrase was? You could do worse. No. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you about somebody who ran in Michigan on, under that. <laughs> Return to normalcy. Okay. All right. Re- restore normalcy. And uh, what he meant was, let's get away from all this government control and all these this intrusion. And that's when the, when the flip really happened. And the Democrats became more and more and more progressive. And But there were holdouts. People that ran against Roosevelt in the 30s for president were basically coming right out and calling him, uh, This during when he was running for his first term, were calling him a communist. Well, it turned out that they weren't far off. Really, possibly more of a fascist with uh, the way he set up the, the supposed depression recovery system. But... That's yeah, little history lesson. Yeah. Now again, you know, on this whole thing with the CR, the continuing resolution, which right. is the which is the three and a half trillion dollar spending package, they'll call it the infra. There's three. There's actually three bills they're doing. Right. They're doing the infrastructure package. They're doing the continuing resolution, and they're also doing a uh, continuation of government funding. Which honestly, that should be the one that get cut. Yeah. <laughs> um, you got to remember, you've got Republicans who were behind this stuff. You've got. Rob Portman from here in Ohio, who was one of the architects of this infrastructure bill. Infrastructure, quote, unquote. Quote, unquote, infrastructure yeah. bill. So you had a handful of Republicans, so I'm guessing that probably the two Democrats did jump over, and and the vote was 48-50, because I don't think it was pure 48 Democrats versus 50 Republicans. I think there was a little bit of mix. Now, I haven't been able to pull up yet what that vote is on it, but I will be doing that sometime while we're talking. But... Think about it, Chuck. I think it's irony in one sense. Now, I know there are a lot of people who are sadly dependent upon government hand, government checks yeah, of one nature or another. But this time last year, governments were shutting private industry down. Now, the government might get shut down. Which one do you think will have the greater impact on the economy and on people's ability to earn their living hint it won't be the government shutdown oh that's right <laughs> it won't be it wasn't no it, it definitely won't be the government Look. shutdown because frankly our government at the federal and the state level are are bloated they're absolutely spending beyond their constitutional limitations. They are spending on things that are beyond their constitutional limitations. And they are taxing at a rate that is rapidly reaching unconstitutional levels. Uh, you can't tax people. Uh, you know, you hear Joe Biden and, and this whole mantra of, well, we got to tax the rich more. Tax the... Okay, folks, when you hear tax the rich and you're not rich, just be prepared to shovel it out of your pocket okay. because that's where it's coming to because rich is a fungible term yeah, for, right. for a politician because rich means anybody who's making 
less money, more money than I am, but also who's making less money than I am because, well, you know, you guys have got it too well and you got to fund all these social programs. But they never, it seems like with government officials, none of those taxes seem to affect them. Anybody who's about 10% above the poverty level is rich. Is considered rich. Is the rich. In, in, in that respect. Um, and that, and the reason, part of the reason it's fungible is if we take a look at, for instance, worldwide, Okay. Let's take a look at the worldwide uh, income figures. Sure. Everybody in the United States of America, unless you're living under a bridge... Is rich. Is rich. Yeah, cons- yeah comparatively speaking. That's right. Yeah. I mean, uh, even the poor have color TVs, uh, relatively new cars, a car payment, a house payment, and or a rent payment, and all the things, the so-called poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the real poor... Uh, are in foreign countries. We are, are we, and we should thank God for the fact that how, um, how well off we really are. That's true. But the idea here is that's being pushed is that we're going to equalize everyone's income through taxation. Now, what does that mean? Uh, who's everyone? Every time somebody decides to tax the rich, who gets hurt the worst? The middle class uh, you, of course the the, the, the ones vast, who pay for it all that's right the vast majority of us out here who are sitting here uh you know don't have a an 80 foot yacht don't have an airplane private airplane uh have a house payment have a usually have a car payment uh you know uh go out to eat a couple times a week and wonder if you're going to be able to afford it when you, for instance, go get a steak at a steak, you know, a regular steak place, and it costs 53 bucks for two of you. Well, guess what, folks? That's getting harder and harder and harder and harder for people because they're watching their income be taken away by the tax of inflation. Don't kid yourself. If anybody who's searched for groceries recently knows that inflation is here oh yes and it's here big it is here big uh they're artificially keeping the price of gas down i'm not sure how except by maybe releasing the uh, strategic reserve i'm not sure how it's being done but the fact is that that uh, trump left us in pretty good shape and biden is doing his best to destroy that as quickly as he can now do I think he personally is doing it? I don't think he's smart enough to do that. I think uh, maybe in these, the old days he was, but now he's doddering. He's in his dotage. He's he's being controlled and manipulated um, uh, by the and he's listening to radicals in Congress. Um, the ultra radicals, uh, Schumer, uh, Ocasio Cortez, uh, Nancy Pelosi. Um, go through and start. And what's happening is, as you brought up before, people like Cinema, people like Manchin, uh, people, uh, other senators who are, are, would be considered more quote unquote moderate are, uh, on the Democratic side are looking at this and saying, this is not where I intended to go. This is not where I want to go. Right. And they also know what it means when the whole system crashes and they're in charge. Well, somebody's got, somebody's got to answer for it. That's right. And that's what's going to happen. Yep. Yeah. Chuck, you're right. I mean, the whole thing's coming off the rails and, and this is, it's a systemic problem. 
Now, it's very interesting to note, because we've got a lot of things going on. Like I mentioned earlier about the whole thing that's falling, and the only thing that's falling is our confidence level in government. Um, you know, you have a situation with they're trying to push. Now, the reason why it's so dangerous with this spending bill in Congress yeah. is because it's linked to an increase in the debt ceiling once again. Again. Now, folks, there's a reason why there's a ceiling on debt, and that is to keep us from basically strangling ourselves with debt. Well, I think we're too late for that, actually. But because the liberals in Congress decide that they've got all these pet projects they want to spend for, no no ceiling should ever be put on them, and they should be able to spend your money, which is government doesn't create money, so it's your money. They want to be able to spend your money whatever way they see fit, whether you like it or not. Uh, and so for this push to increase the debt, now, okay, let's not kid ourselves. The Republicans are using that line as a means of saying, of pushing back. But when it came their time, they were happy to increase the debt ceiling too, if it could get them their little, their uh, pet projects, their pet projects and their pet, you know, industries and pet lobbies getting what they wanted. Um, so you, you know, both sides are just as complicit in this. It's just that depending on whose ox, ox is getting gored at this point. And right now, it's the Republicans who's, who are getting gored, so they're the ones who are pushing back. You've got this going on. You've also got a number of other messes. I mean, honestly, the Biden administration, Chuck, I'm wondering if they just are trying to figure out, okay, what new, what new crisis can we create to get your mind off all the other major crises that we're actually in the middle of? It's come to that point, I think, that we're, yeah. that we're juggling crises... In order to keep everybody's mind off, you know, Doug Wilson ran a very interesting uh, piece the other day on YouTube, and it was called Don't Take the Bait. Right. Or as we say when we teach, don't eat the cheese. Don't eat the cheese. Don't eat the cheese. When, they, when, you see, when you see a nice, big, healthy chunk of cheese there, just be careful because there's probably a trap behind there's it. There's a trap underneath it. That, that's government the, cheese, yes. That's right. And, and basically, that's what, I mean, we're sitting here juggling crises. Yep. And... Um, uh, we're keeping alive a crisis based on on a and the deadliest virus ever to hit the United uh, the world. Okay, that is actually ninety nine point five percent survivable. Well, you know it is, unless of course you're following Joe Biden's math, where he's now pushed the numbers and he wants ninety eight percent of the American population to be vaccinated. to be to be forced vaccinated. Now let me ask you a question, Chuck. Who are the two percent? Well, they're guys like you and me, for one thing. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, he really wants to force us, too. But who are the 2%? Because if he thinks 98% of the public, that means that 2% of the American people, he doesn't, he, he doesn't, he, he doesn't want to push on. Yeah. Those would be all of the people who are making the rules to make you have to take yeah. it mandatorily. Yeah, because they are exempted. The big business leaders. Oh, of course. Okay, the other 2%. You have to realize something that when he pushed his first vax mandate on government employees, guess which unit of employees is completely exempted from it and why? What's Congress and... Nope. The United States Postal Service. Oh, the, oh I did read that. Yes. the Postal Carriers Union was one of the early ones to come out and endorse Joe Biden in the 2020 and election. And they were exempted. They were completely exempted from it. As a matter of fact, I can go into my local post office. I'm not wearing a mask. They've got these signs up about masks required. Nobody cares. They're not wearing masks anymore behind the counter. Very few of them, if any, are going to take a shot. Because their union basically cut a deal, and Biden said, okay, so that's part of the 
So when he says 98%, he's like anybody who didn't who didn't, you know, benefit me is going to have to get a mandate. But anybody who benefits me, now supposedly Biden went out yesterday and took his booster shot, you know, the third shot of the of the series. Uh, which will be an ongoing, never-ending, ad infinitum, ad nauseum, probably add to your death series yeah. of these shots. Uh, but my guess is that what they're shooting into him is probably saline solution, <laughs> uh, you know, or glucose, you know, to keep him awake. Awake. I don't think he's getting the vaccine. He may think he is. But what we are hearing, though, is from a lot of people who are getting these shots, you're having some significant, serious implications from these shots and the the, and the the evidence is growing more and more and more that this this is not safe and effective like it's neither effective facebook cnn you know the government and 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 people who basically get all of their information from looking at one of the major tv news channels would like to tell you there is no such thing as safe and effective when it comes to a product that you're sticking into your body that hasn't had a full range of long-term studies done to find out what the the effects are on the human body. These have not had that. These will not be no. getting that either because right now, and I saw one piece that Pfizer and other companies don't even have to report adverse effects of, you know, if they do a control group on this, they don't even have to report it until 2026. That's right. It's, it's seven years. Seven They're, years the that they reports, can play until they have to file reports. The reports on safety are not due until uh, for seven years from from the inception date of right. the research, which was 19. Yep. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's a uh, uh, virtually all... All... Uh, uh, inoculations you can take mm-hmm. yeah. are required to have one and five year safety data they are required except these except these except these so folks you have to make your own decisions but the the evidence is mounting in large 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 mounds that there are some serious problems with this that the people who think that this is the solution to all the problems with a with a disease that yeah well basically let's not kid ourselves was man-made or at and least this, i won't or, say or man-made partially. it was manipulated yes. it was definitely look one thing we know one of the reasons that fauci is in trouble for lying to congress is and because he, he got caught with his hand stuck in the cookie jar on enhancement of function research right. oh and, yeah and enhancement of function research is, is weapons research. It's weaponization of a biological entity. Yeah. Yes. Which is supposed to be, by the way, uh, it's banned by treaty. Yeah, it's banned by the Geneva Convention, I think, or uh, by few. There by are a couple of, uh, yeah. of uh, biological warfare treaties that... Yeah. that, that uh, in any case, let me tell you what's happening. Th- this is just a sidecar. I, m- uh, one of my best friends, um, a fe- fellow elder at Providence Presbyterian, uh, just passed away from, uh, let's just say, COVID was the final banana peel on which he Com- slept. Complications, including COVID. Uh, yes. He was a multiple cancer survivor, uh, just a beautiful man, uh, a wonderful person, uh, a great, uh, he he and I spent a lot of time, he, he was uh, a champion of the Reformed faith, um, and uh former catholic 
who converted to uh, uh, was was made a convert, and he really knew his stuff. He was very good. He and I consulted all the time. Uh, we would uh, we were very like minded, and he just passed away over in Mount Carmel East. Um, now, my wife went up there to uh, uh, help his wife. Uh, the the nurses basically said you have to come see him because he's going to be gone in in a day or two. Yeah, you need to come see him, talk to him, and because he, he can't hear anything, he's he's he was comatose. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was uh, sedated. So Jenny was talking to the nurses on the COVID ward, who were telling her, she you know she's very subtly just asked, um, you know, have you had this? Oh yes, I've had it three times, twice after I got the vaccine. Were some a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time almost killed me after the vaccine. I felt like I was going to die twice. Uh, so, so first of all, we've got double jabbers who basically have had it twice. Uh, then she asked one of the nurses if she'd had the shot, and she she looked around and said, "No, and I'm not having it either." Okay, yeah, well, because a lot of that. they're seeing the health problems. Yes, they're seeing the blood clots. One of the things that comes from both uh, COVID itself yes. and the shots is blood clots, especially in the lower extremities. Uh, yep. Tom, When Tom died, he had blood clots in both legs. Uh, what from? The spike protein. What's the inoculation based on? Spike, spike protein. proteins. Of course. You're getting an mRNA, uh, a sl- piece of mRNA that's designed for you to create spike proteins so you... you build antibodies for it meanwhile you're also building because you have the mrna and it has been inculcated into your system you yeah. are making spike proteins yes indeed now what does that imp- indicate what are some of the things that are coming up from people who are uh infertility because right. the spike proteins build up in the uh, ovaries and the gonads uh we're having we're seeing miscarriages for mixed couples in other words Wife is pregnant, so she's not taking the vaccine, but the husband takes it. Uh, third trimester. Now, this is anecdotal. I'll give you this. And she miscarries. Perfectly healthy baby sure. until he takes the shot. Then all yep. of a sudden she miscarries. Why? Well, she didn't have the shot. No, she didn't. But yep. one of the things you're doing after you take the shot is you are exuding. You are... Um, Spreading around the spike protein. Yeah, right. Who's in more, more close contact than a husband and a wife? Well, nobody. Nobody. Right. Well, maybe a boyfriend and girlfriend if they're living in sin or something. But whatever. Um, a couple is in close contact. There are many, many, many other things mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> uh, that are coming down the pike. Uh, heart issues. Uh myocarditis myocarditis what people are saying well that's not a big deal it's just an inflammation of the heart they knock that out it's the beginning of heart disease once you've had myocarditis you are extremely susceptible to plaquing and um heart uh, just arterial heart disease this is what you're dealing with so this idea that that this vaccine is safe and effective remember it was forced down our throats folks you got to keep this number in mind. It's 99.5% survivable. Right. And that's without anything. And that's with nothing. 
Yes, that's just straight up you against you against the bug. Is it unpleasant? Yes, it's oh, unpleasant. Oh, I will testify to I've the fact. I've been there twice. It's yeah. unpleasant. I will testify to the fact that it's extremely unpleasant. Yep. Days basically glued to a couch with a 101 plus temperature. Mm-hmm. Oh, which comes and goes and comes and comes goes and goes, and comes, comes and goes. Some now my wife, her symptoms when she were fair, virtually certain she's sixty three years old, she uh, she maintained a temperature of one hundred and four for six days. Oh, no other symptoms except a headache. I wouldn't wonder. Uh, but one hundred and four, and she said started out one day. She said, Take my temperature. I feel funky. I said, I hope you do. It's 104 degrees. And it stayed there. It came down. We got it down a few times down to around 100 with uh, Tylenol and that kind of thing. But sure. it, it would shoot right back up to 104 and stick there. It was her, it was her body burning out the Burning, burning out, the out the disease. And, yeah, yeah. folks, one thing, I, one piece of advice I'll give you is if, you're, if you've got a temperature from something and it's, you, can, you can gut it out and it's under like 101, gut it out. Yeah, because that's how your body shuts off bugs. Yeah, it is absolutely. Um, it stops your uh, cell re- uh, replication mechanism from working, and um, you kill off bacteria, viruses, and that kind of thing. Now, I'm not a doctor, so uh, take and, my and you don't take my advice with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah. Um, but gosh, um, so you know, it's not a pleasant ride to get this thing. Yep. And some people, I've I've got f- close friends right now who have it, uh, coughing, can't take a breath without taking without coughing and coughing and coughing and coughing and coughing. But their oxygen level's still good. Yeah, their temperatures bad, and they feel awful. But I said you're beating it, and you don't have to go to the hospital. Right now, I mean, yeah, I, that's 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 the that's the key to it. And okay. I wanted to draw some draw some dots here, because here on the one hand you got the government pushing for this you know ninety eight percent of the public has to get vaccinated, and in order to do that they've created mandates and those mandates are also being mirrored in state levels by state level governments and those mandates are for governmental employees they're for healthcare workers da 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 you know all of these all of these places well what is it what has been the outcome of it. Okay, one of the outcomes we're seeing is more and more adverse reactions because these are really non-tested, safe, and effective preparations that are being used. Although they want to say that and, and try to get you to believe it, you're seeing, as you said, with what your wife experienced, some healthcare workers who I'm not going to do that. I'm not taking it. Now the interesting thing is there's a deadline coming up for yes. many of these yes, people there is. in many of these places. Some 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 it's this it it was the end of this month in September. Some it's the middle of October. Some it's the end of October. Some it's in November because depending on what industry you're in, they're basically telling people you know you got to do X, Y, and Z. Well, what are we seeing right now? You know you mentioned earlier in our economy and inflation uh, yeah. as far as food prices go. Well, one of the reasons why is we have not had enough physical bodies in order to drive trucks to get product produce to market then you add on top of that our gas prices you add on top of that some companies trying to tell their drivers that you have to take a shot because oh all of our suppliers want you they don't they want to make sure that you've got your vaccine 
and I hate calling it that. You're it's prepping, an inoculation. You're, you're shot. You're jabby jab before you know you come into their their plant in order to pick up their product. And you've got a lot of drivers who are quitting and leaving it because, well, they don't want to do this either. In healthcare, it's getting even worse, Chuck. Um, I had recently, both myself and one of my family members had to be seen at the emergency room for various things. Yeah. Mine was actually related to COVID. No, it wasn't that I had COVID and I was experiencing those alternate effects. I had had COVID and I was experiencing a um, uh, an echo effect off of COVID. Right which is called vascular reflux. It's where, and you mentioned the blood clots. Well, it isn't just blood clots that can form in COVID. You can get venous inflammation and yep. that swelling of your veins from the spike proteins, which then causes, depending on where it is, and mine just happened to be in a lower leg extremity, so I thought it was a blood clot, What thing? a thing that they call venous reflux, where... The blood's pumping down your leg at one rate, but it can't pump back up your leg at the other rate because the inflammation in the veins in your in the lower part are not allowing that system because your vein system pumps just like your, when your heart pumps, your veins actually yeah. contract and push that blood too through your body. But if they're swollen because of inflammation, then when that pulse comes, that pulse gets diminished. Yeah. And that means the blood's not coming back as fast or at the same rate. And that's what's, in many people, that's what's causing the blood clots, Chuck. It, it, and, and, but for me, thankfully, it wasn't causing clots because I take a, good, a blood chelation product and, 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 and enzymes and everything else to help push that through, which I get from Rain Rock Rain Nutritionals. Nutritionals one, one of, of the sponsors. sponsors of this program. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Shameless plug. But... I do have a situation where my ankle and and calf started to swell up, and so I had to go into the emergency room. Chuck, other than the doctor who I didn't get a chance to actually ask, every other healthcare worker there that I had interaction with, from the nurses to the PA to everybody else, I asked them a simple question. So how long have you been doing this job? Do you know what my average length of response time was? Less than six months. I was going to say pretty short. Some of them hadn't graduated yet, and they were on the ER ward doing the, the the lovely young lady who took my took blood samples from me. Okay, first of all, she's got a natural talent for it because she was in and out of my veins and had four vials drawn, <laughs> and I didn't even feel it. Yeah, okay, yeah. and she was so good, but she was still finishing school. She had not gra- and she'd been there for five months. The girl who did the, wow. they had to do like a ultrasound of my leg to check for blood clots. That girl had been on the job three months. The PA had only been there six months. Do you see what's happening with healthcare? Yeah. And we have deadlines that are coming up, and we have many, many healthcare providers from physicians all the way down to, you know, techs who are going to say, Either I get I get an exemption for medical or religious reasons, or I I'm I can't take the jab. I'm not going to take the jab. Right. But you got these healthcare entities, and they feel like they got to be out there and leading, and you know being the example for everybody. And they want a hundred percent of their staff to be inoculated. What's going to happen? Well, you heard it. 
Last week, the governor had this fakey Jake press conference about throwing out more COVID relief money and trying to get 12-year-olds to start taking the jab by, oh, we're going to give them scholarships. So, so here we're back again, and we're trying. One of these days, the governor may go up for crimes against humanity. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I hope he does. But the head of the hospital association came in and started talking about what kind of a crisis we have. And all these hospitals that have, their, have all their beds filled, and they don't have any more e uh, ICU beds and everything else. But then he said something on the back end. He almost tried to say he almost tried to not say it, but he said it anyway. We that we're coming upon a critical staffing shortage. Exactly. Okay. Bingo. Bingo. There's your nut. That. You are forcing people to take a, a medical intervention into their bodies that they don't want and they think might have cause them harm. Yep. They are leaving the profession, and what you're getting is either you can't fill those positions, or you're filling them with people who, although they're very talented. Thanks to my, you know, nurse who the gal who took the blood, or they're not very talented because the the young lady who was doing the ultrasound really took her forever to find figure out what she was doing. Again, the quality of healthcare is declining. It's going to decline more rapidly, and I I know for a fact one of the hospitals in my area, it isn't that they are running out of beds it's that they're running out of people they're running out of people and so they've shut off wings of the hospital yes, because they exactly. don't have enough staff to cover them and that shuts off beds so then if you if you went from 60 beds down to 30 and then 10 of those are filled up with covid patients and 15 of those are filled up with everybody else who has heart attacks or whatever else going on well what are you down to we only have 15% space left. Oh, we're running out of space and it's all due to COVID. No. Yeah, it is in one sense. It's all due to your bad management and yeah. mandates regarding COVID. But we're having a, we're going to have a health care. We're also going to have a crisis of, well, when we started with this whole thing about supplementing unemployment every week, 300 extra bucks a week for people. And we saw how that worked because restaurants have to, you know, shorten their hours they can't keep people unemployed uh you got every company on the planet's got a help wanted sign out right now and, they, and they're having trouble getting it and they're talking about doing another supplement chuck uh, they're talking about extending that's part of this 3.5 yeah. trillion dollar infrastructure bill adds that as almost an entitlement yeah of an extra 300 bucks a week for unemployment i got a friend who just told me his son is being paid basically to stay home with their kids. Well, but and uh, by, being paid by whom? <clears throat> being paid by the government. The government. Yeah. Uh, it's a child care. It's a child care subsidy. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, stay home and take care. This is how they're doing it by claiming that that's not what they're doing. Well, and that's usually the way government works. But so you're going to have a health care crisis. We're going to have a food crisis. Um, we are also seeing, and, and as in some respects, and I just saw an article that. Pretty much the state of Massachusetts is looking at having possibly losing most of their troopers because their governor, you know, following the Biden administration, yep. put in a mandate that all of the executive branch agency folks had to be inoculated. Well, guess what? The police union in Massachusetts that covers the troopers have said, uh-uh, and they're suing the government. But that deadline is coming up October the 15th. And or the 17th, excuse me, I think it's October the 17th. And 
many of them have filed for exemptions uh, based on religious convictions or medical conditions, but they've not been told anything. Now, here we are at the end of September, beginning of October, and they still are in the dark about whether or not they actually qu will qualify for exemptions. Now, the thing is, Chuck, <clears throat> I don't know about Massachusetts, but I know in Ohio, especially for schools, we, we have religious and conscience rights exemptions and medical exemptions for kids taking the series of vaccinations, right. the 70 plus different stabs. I, no, I'm not kidding, folks. Look it up. We went from having a small handful of inoculations to now where you go to school as a ch young child. Your series is somewhere in the neighborhood of 76 or 78 different shots that you have to take it's o over over a certain course of time. I'm not sure it's that many shots, but it, it, it is. It is. It's uh, definitely a mi huge mixes of right. of uh, inoculations, right, and boosters and everything else. My but the point is, with this, is what I'm trying to drive at. Yeah, is that here in Ohio we have those exemptions, but just like what they're finding out in Massachusetts and in other states. When you leave it to the employer or the government to determine whether or not your exemption as an individual to not have a medical intervention stuck into your body is up to them, we have chaos. Right. We have the violation of basic human rights. We have the violation of individual medical autonomy. And folks, at the State House this week, they're about to try. Now, they won't get it through the Senate anytime soon. But they're about to try in the House to do exactly the same thing with a bill. See, there is legislation in the House that would prevent any of these vaccine mandates that would basically say you or can't be forced to take one. You can't be forced to show a vaccine card, i.e. a passport. You don't have to do anything, and, the, and, and your employer can't fire you for it, right? Well, leadership and the big business community don't like that bill. So they killed that bill in committee. And then they introduced, on Monday this week, they introduced a placeholder bill. Um, it's House Bill 435, I believe. They introduced a placeholder bill on Tuesday afternoon. Now, again, Monday afternoon, the bill's introduced. Tuesday afternoon, it's already scheduled for a one single hearing in the House Health Committee with the sponsors, which are two members of leadership, Bill Seitz from Cincinnati and Rick oh. Carfagna from Delaware, or from Genoa area. These two guys are in House leadership. They're one, two of the six members of the leadership team. It's their bill. They introduced a placeholder, which is one line that basically says the General Assembly has the right to do whatever they want. And then they're going to drop an amendment, which is the actual bill. And we're finding out that the actual bill, and I'm, this is being recorded before this hearing takes place. So I'll, I, if I need to update, I'll update later on. But what we're hearing is this bill basically tells you as a citizen, oh yeah, you have the right to use the exemptions kids use in schools. But the employer is the one who gets to determine whether or not your exemption is valid or not. Which means, if you take a religious exemption, are they going to have to interrogate your pastor? Are they going to say, have you ever switched uh, belief systems? Like you mentioned with your friend Tom. Right. For going from Catholic to Protestant. Oh, well, that could be a cause for not an exemption. How many... How, how, how often do you go to church? How many weeks are you, do you tithe? I mean, do they get asked these questions in order to say, 
Well, this is how we validate your exemption. In other words, they're creating a bill that violates the First Amendment of the United States Constitution. Exactly. Thank you. That's exactly where I was going to. They are creating a bill that is going to violate people's federal First Amendment rights and also violate our right to be able to determine for ourselves what medical interventions we will accept. What happened to um, the ability to say no to something you don't want. That's right. Because government thinks, well, you have to do this in order to protect everybody else. What else are we going to have to do to protect everybody else, Chuck? What else is there? You know? Folks, let your imaginations run wild because government's imaginations run wilder. This is a dangerous piece of legislation. It is absolutely criminal. Now, they'll tell you, oh, it's only temporary. Because there's supposedly a sunset provision in it that'll sunset it after two years. Oh. Why two years? Because if they sunset it after one year, it'd be right before a general election, election for them to run for re-election. But if they sunset it in two years, then... Then they're in the middle of their term. Then A, they're in the middle of their term for their next term. B, they haven't ticked off the business community who will quit funding them for their elections. And C, they don't have to answer to the voters because they can say, well, you've got your exemptions. This is, this is their way of thinking they're trying to get rid of a, what they consider to be a problem and to push away all this populism. That seems to be the that's the key word around yeah. the state house these days. In other words, Trumpism is, is popular. Yeah, they don't say Trumpism; they say populism, like it's a pejorative. You know, like it's something dirty and unclean it, to be a populist. But you know what populism really means in politics? It means you listen to the will of the voters the who voters, put you in yeah. office in your district, and not to the special interest money who is setting their funding that's your right. campaigns. The Chamber of Commerce desperately wants to kill off "quote unquote" populism, i.e. Trumpism. Oh, well, the new president of the Ohio chamber has basically said that they are going to fund a massive war chest politically in order to knock off populist incumbents in the House and the Senate. Yeah. And they got helped by the uh, maps being redrawn in the redistricting line because, you know, gee, I started taking a look and the five or six um, Republican members who are incumbents who got hurt the worst in these map drawings are the ones who are considered the populists. Yes. You know, who, who, Big don't shock. Just, who don't just kowtow to the chamber and to the Ohio Business Roundtable and to the big industrial and to the the medical industrial complex in Columbus. And they don't and they introduce these bills that are problematic for them, like pro-life bills or yeah, individual medical autonomy bills or freedom bills or you know, religious liberty bills. Oh, can't have any of that stuff because, well, that gets in the way of business, you know. I'm just getting so sick of it, Chuck. You know, you and I talked about it earlier. Right. I just, I just want to scream these I, days. Because, I know, because, I know, you're disgusted. You're really disgusted. I'm well, disgusted, and I'm trying to figure out what to do about it because from here, uh, now I know God is in control, but from here, from my perspective, as someone who, by the way, used to be a member of the Westerville Chamber of Commerce, which the real Chamber of Commerce, not the JCs. Well, yeah, and and let me also say too now. What I'm saying doesn't necessarily reflect on any local chamber of commerce because you're going to find uh, that a lot of some of these local chambers don't necessarily go along with everything that the the state the, the state or the national chamber of commerce want to do because the national and the state chambers of commerce have been taken over by big companies 
whose HR departments have been infiltrated by woke leftists. Well, think about it, though. What did the Westerville Chamber of Commerce do? It tried to foist people like Ann Gonzalez. Well, and, then, and did foist and and now I uh, when I say I was a member I joined I went through the whole you know I jumped through the hoops and all that and what was it all about uh, putting on a tux and going to a fancy fundraiser dinner twice a year or something and I'm like eh, this is not for me I'm not a I'm not a glad hander I don't want, I don't like wearing a tux I don't like the uh, you know I like the interaction and all that and I like have. But you go in there and talk to these people, and you, and you do say things that have a populist or maybe slightly libertarian, right? Uh, Christian libertarian viewpoint, and they're like, "Oh, you're one of those." Right, exactly. You're you're not a good corporatist. Right, you're not you you. So you would restrict blotty blotty blot. Yeah, I would. Thank you for bringing that up. Yes, the answer to that is a clear and uh, yes, I would. Yeah, I would restrict that. So, so basically, you've got all that going on. So that's what's going on at the state house. That's the only thing really going on this week at the state house is that mess. Um, you've got the thing with Biden pushing, and he, it's amazing. He comes out with something that is supposedly polarized. This whole ninety-eight percent of everybody has to get vaccinated, and having a quarter of America unvaccinated isn't isn't acceptable to him. But why did he throw that out there just now? It wasn't about the spending bill getting hung up in Congress. It was about a certain other thing that's going on this week, where he has his chairman of the Joint Chiefs, and the Secretary of Defense sitting before the House Armed Services Committee getting grilled by people like Jim Enhoff And, well, I don't think Jim... Yeah, Jordan's on that committee. Jordan's on the committee. So And Jim Jordan grilling these guys about the debacle that was the Afghanistan pullout. Now, I think I find it interesting because this is the same General Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, who basically admitted that he... he did private phone calls to Chinese government leaders, basically telling them he'd give them a heads up anytime the Trump administration wanted to do something, you know, militarily in regard to Chinese interference, which frankly is treason. Well, it's a coup d'etat. It's a coup d'etat. He basically he went, would, yeah. And he, he would he, ignore the orders of the commander in chief of the United States because he didn't agree with him politically and go around and tell his subordinates, you can't, you don't follow what he says. You follow what I tell you. Um, now, he, Millie's doing the same thing today, Chuck. This, this hearing's going on while we're recording this today. He basically is now saying, oh, Biden lied. I advised him to keep troops in Afghanistan. No, he didn't. Of course he didn't. He's now trying to cover his butt in, in front of a congressional oversight panel that could end up bringing charges against him for, well, the aforementioned treason. Um, and frankly, it couldn't happen to a better woke general. Um, oh, he's among the worst. But there's another. He little, is the, among the. He but, is maybe the worst. But funny, funny this, and of course everybody can say this is conspiracy theory or not. Do you remember the name Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller? I, I was going to bring that up. You're going to bring it up. It up. I, we're both thinking about it. Uh, Scheller, the the Marine Lieutenant Colonel who basically questioned the Afghan pullout and did it like in in a video who then was stripped of his command and basically drummed out of the military. Ah, but not quite yet. That's right. Because, because and here's the, other, here's the thing I think happened, Chuck. Funny how the timing is so coincidental that in the 24 hours before General Milley and the defense secretary are supposed to go up before Congress to testify, all of a sudden, Lieutenant 
Scheller, who was relieved of his duties after this, after he made that, those questioning statements, was arrested and thrown in the brig. Why? Gee, then that way the media can't get to him to ask him questions. That's right. He's quote unquote in in uh, in the brig for pre-trial detention. Right. He was already ordered to undergo a, a psychiatric examination. Now, what does that mean? Okay. If you question us, you must be crazy. I yeah. read a book once in the 60s. Yep. It was called You're Next on the List. Now, it didn't have anything to do with anything like this, but it was the first thing that was done to this person. It was about fluoridation of the water. Okay. Interesting. <clears throat> and uh, if you can find a copy of You're Next on the List, get it and read it. Because what they did was, this it's fiction, but what they did was they arrested this guy and they forced him to undergo a psychiatric evaluation. And, of course, they had a canned, uh, paranoid, schizophrenic, or not schizophrenic, but parent. Uh, I forget what the diagnosis was, but he was paranoid, and, and he didn't trust people, and blah, sure. blah, blah. So, basically, oh, what did oh, they so, do? So, the so under- they understood what was going on in government. Yeah, That's okay. right. Got it. So, they undermined his credibility. He, well, he you know, he's been committed to a mental institution, and he's got a diagnosis of, of, of being paranoid. Um, that's what they'll do in this case as well. Um, they'll, they'll juice up some, some, uh, uh, I, I mean, it's not like this Lieutenant Colonel, uh, Scheller essentially already resigned from the military. Yeah, but he did, but he's going to be court-martialed for saying the, <laughs> the obvious, yeah, for, buck, uh, for while, basically bucking the chain of command and opening his mouth. While he was still commissioned. Right. So, essentially... Well, so, so, they've thrown him in the brig at Camp Lejeune under armed guard, but say that he will be afforded all due process. All due process. Will being the key word. Guess not what? Not now, but later. Military justice is not the same as civil, as civil justice. It's not. That's right. Uh, in many cases... It's very fair, but in many cases, when they want to do something to someone like Colonel Scheller, it's not fair. It's beyond not fair. It's railroad. Yep. It's running the railroad. It is. If you it know is. what that term means, again, his, history lesson. Go for it. Uh, in the old days, uh, when the railroads were being built in the West, people would have already have homestead claims. And what the... Uh, federal government came in and did so that people so the railroads could raise money for um to build the track and there was a lot of corruption involved they would give them a 10 mile wide swath on either side of the proposed track um track uh, where they were going to lay it on either side so they could sell it to settlers to raise money the fact that people had already homesteaded it steaded it too bad. Eminent domain. Yeah. They would eminent domain it yep. and go in and run people who had working farms and working ranches off that farm and say, you either buy it back from us or we'll sell it to somebody else. Yep. And there were actual uh, shooting uh, wars out there, people trying to protect their property. The problem was, oh, by the way, if you've ever driven around in rural areas and seen a grange hall... One of the reasons for the Grange was to protect farmers from the abuses of the railroads. Yep. So if you always wondered what the old Grange Hall was down on the on the back road, yeah, 
Farmers went to those meetings, That's and right. it was a lobbying group. It was essentially a uh, a, a farmers union, and if now you will. It's, now it's just become a big insurance thing. <laughs> there isn't really any grains. There is no grains. It's anymore, named so. after. Yeah, it's exactly. named after the grains. It's not the grains it's, anymore. Yeah, it's not there anymore. Uh, so. But but folks, these things keep happening. Um. The fact is, the railroads abused those privileges. They ran people off their property. They killed them. Uh, when uh, you know they'd send uh, people would would Correct. defend their property, they'd send the Pinkertons out. Yep. To uh, break heads or kill people who were who refused to leave their property. Yep. Um, so it's ugly, but that's the same kind of thing that's going on here. They well, just judicially, uh, they just declare you a criminal, right? Throw you in jail, and say we'll get to the trial later, right? I, you know, just like they're doing with the folks who protested in January at the Capitol, which is falling apart quickly, rapidly. Yes. Okay. One last thing: strange bedfellows can be made over the over the most curious of issues. In New York City, they implemented a vaccine passport mandate September the 13th. De Blasio, basically, you cannot eat anywhere in a public, you can't go to a public space, eat at a restaurant, go to a venue, music venue, whatever, concert, whatever, without showing your passport that you've you've had the jabby jab. Well, that's creating some protests. A group marched into a food court in Staten Island over the weekend and basically unvaccinated, with the signs with the flags and everything else basically saying we have you can't do this we have rights the interesting thing is you'd think most of these people are okay there and you were hearing the epithets against joe biden and things all these are trumpers right they're being joined by another group in new york city (laughs) that group happens to be the greater new york chapter of black lives matter because they've realized that what this is, because black people in New York, 78% are unvaccinated, either by choice or by not, not being able to access it, which everybody's able to access it if you want it, one way or the other. So basically by choice. But the, cha- the head of Black Lives Matter of Greater New York, Shavona Newsom, said this, we're putting this city on notice that your mandate will not be another racist social distance practice. Black people are not going to stand by or you will see another uprising. And this is not a threat. It's a promise. (laughs) Black Lives Matter have said vaccine mandates are inherently discriminatory and racist. And you know what? I agree with them on that point. And I'm ready to stand up with them on that point. From a physical perspective, black people are more susceptible to to the arterial and heart and circulatory disorders than white than, than, than whites than, and than, Asians than other yeah whites yeah. Asians Hispanics right they're far more susceptible to it. You would think that liberals with their heightened social conscience, like Mayor De Blasio and some of these others, Joe Biden, um, et cetera, ad nauseum ad infinitum, would have remembered a little thing called the Tuskegee experiment. Oh my gosh! And yeah. since we are so sensitive to the African American history and plight. We're basically revisiting it. So this is similar to having separate lunch counters, sitting in the back of the bus, doing all this. Oh, if you don't have this card given to you by the government where you've taken a jab and, and had, had your medical lives up, uprooted, you can't participate in society. 
That's what blacks have been told for, for the, hundreds of yeah, years. 400 plus years, yeah. I think, Chuck, what we're seeing is what I consider to be the great reset the right way. The right way. Okay, You know, uh, that being said, we're out of time. You know what we think. We want to know what you think. www.principledpolicy.com. That's principledpolicy.com. And guess what? I've even started posting some of the old shows again. So Woo-hoo. people can get in there and and yell at us and send us nasty grams. So www.principledpolicy.com. And join us again next week for another Principles and Policies.